0: Hello, and welcome to the reading Room. This is Kate, or Mrs. Lemonade, on Twitter. And today, I will be reading Defense Mechanism by Silverblood Alchemist. Disclaimer, this fic is rated for teen and up audiences. Please see the archive of our own link in the description for additional tags. Katsuki was a lot of things. A hard-working perfectionist, or, as Sarah put it, anal retentive. Smart and quick-witted. Good under pressure. Naturally gifted. Admittedly a bit of a dick. What Katsuki was not, was easily frightened. No. He had lost whatever flight was left in his fight or flight response fucking ages ago. Once you've been kidnapped, chained up. Shot at, stabbed, and tortured a few times within the short span of three years, any mundane scares kind of lost their potency. He could walk through a haunted house without flinching once, much to his friend's dismay. Although, really, bringing the literal walking bomb into a potential high stress situation for shits and gigs was a pretty awful fucking idea in the first place, and they were lucky it ended as well as it did. That he usually laughed at horror movies before they managed to give him any sort of fright. He was going to be the number one hero, after all. What use was he if some actors doused in gallons of fake blood could get under his skin? Apparently, no one had given Araraka that particular memo. He wasn't sure when movie night had become a regular thing with his friends. Just that once a week, on one of their days off from work-study, They all gathered in his room and watched whatever movie they voted on. He was sure Uraraka had not been a feature of said movie night before, but there she was in his doorway, in a pair of pajamas that made something embarrassing and primal in the back of his head purr in delight. Mina invited me, Uraraka said between laughter as the rest of his idiot friends all tripped over each other like excitable puppies to greet the new playmate. It's my night off too, but the boys and Sue are all working. So we get to steal you for the night, Ashido cheered, dragging her inside the dorm and practically shoving her on the bed next to where Katsuki was. Sit, babe. Numi gets the bed. Oi, Katsuki protested, mostly for show. He didn't mind Uraraka and could even tentatively admit he enjoyed her company. But Ashido quickly swatted at him. Shush! Behave! Don't scare her off! Oh, come on, I'm harder to scare than that, Uraraka had said, laughing and grinning at Katsuki with a wink. Twenty minutes later, and she was paying for that particular lie. It wasn't really a very scary movie, even by normal standards. But Uraraka was not dealing well. Kotsky had given up on the movie itself ages ago, and was instead watching her curl up tighter and tighter on herself, brown eyes and possibly wide behind the safety of her knees. She squeaked at every change of music, jumped if the shot changed too quickly. It was actually hilarious. Kotsky had watched her headbutt villains three times her size into unconsciousness, and had personally had his ass beat within an inch of his life by her deadly little fists before but she was scared of the world-building portion of a not-spectacular horror film. It was kind of endearing, actually. Right up until the first actual murder, at which point Uraka had screamed and literally dove into his chest, clinging to his waist so tightly he actually felt his spine pop while she buried her face against his chest. The rest of his friends who had been frightened for half a second before Uraraka's reaction had captured their attention, all laughed good-heartedly at her while Katsuki felt his ears get hot at her proximity. Cheeks, what the actual fuck? he growled, trying not to notice too much that his legs bracketed her body with how she flung herself at him. She looked up at him with those big, scared eyes, opening her mouth to respond, but a scream from the movie had her hiding against him again, somehow curling even closer. Katsuki was definitely blushing now. Thank fucking God the room was dark. He nudged her shoulders firmly, trying not to be too rough with her as he tried to get her off, but he could feel her trembling now, and the little part in his brain that was labeled Proof Bakugo Katsuki has a heart melted a little. So he just sighed, shifting until he was comfortable, and wiping his hand on his sweatpants before covering her unprotected ear with his palm until the screaming and stabbing was done. The shaking slowly subsided, her grip becoming less like a vice and more like an embrace, and Katsuki just kind of laid there and took it. Uraraka eventually turned over cautiously to try and watch the rest of the movie, but whenever the gore returned, she'd be back to hiding in his chest, and he'd be back to covering her ear and trying not to think about how nice it was to have the weight of her body on top of him. When the credits began to roll, Uraraka finally let go, still shaking a little, and just as red as he was as she laughed awkwardly. Sorry, she said sheepishly. I'm, uh, I don't watch horror a lot. No shit, Katsuki deadpanned. Some of that fire that burned inside of Uraraka came back at his remark, and she stuck her tongue out at him. He snorted. I've literally watched you bandage-severed limbs before during rescues. How does fake gore get you that bad? I don't know, Uraraka exclaimed, throwing her hands up in bewilderment. I tell myself it's fake, but it still freaks me out. She pointed an accusing finger at a laughing Ashido. No scary movie next time, okay? Kotsky made a mental note to find whatever part of his heart gave a traitorous lurch at the idea of her coming back next week and fucking smother it. Uraraka came back the next week, smiling and ready, until she saw the DVD menu on the TV. Ashido already had her hands up defensively. I got outvoted, she said, although Kotsky had been witness to her bare-bones attempt at talking the others out of their particular choice. He'd been the only other one to vote against the paranormal horror movie. Apparently, he was not the only one who found Uraraka's reactions to horror amusing, although he did have several choice words for Kirishima later about that dumb, knowing grin that had been on his stupid face the entire time they'd been voting. Katsuki half expected Uraraka to leave, but the absence of her usual friends must have weighed on her more than he knew, because she just groaned and trudged to the bed again. He watched her silently, smothering a grin when she vindictively kneads Sarah in the back of the head when he couldn't contain his giggling. You're all jerks, she informed them primly, with a very unprim middle finger that had him muffling a cackle in his hand. Should I run to the bathroom now, he asked with a smirk, or are you going to remember you're a goddamn hero this time? Uraka smiled at him sweetly. "'I'm going to bury you in class tomorrow,' she sang threateningly. "'Damn promise?' "'Just start the stupid movie,' Uraka huffed, though he noted with a grin that her cheeks were flushed a bright pink before the lights were shut off. "'To her credit, she really did try. "'She made it almost an hour and in before letting out a genuine scream of horror.' Although she had been squeaking and muttering about how much she hated dolls pretty much the whole time. The trembling was back, and she had practically rolled herself into a tiny ball of girl and terror. Again, Gotsky had given up on the movie almost immediately to watch her instead. It was fascinating to see her like this, when he knew she was one of the most bullheaded and determined heroes to be in their entire class. He was actually a little honored to be granted a peek at the girl under the hero, the part of her that was endearingly normal and could afford to be scared by horror movies. Where the fuck that sappiness had come from, Kotsky had no goddamn clue. Every day he was just a little more grateful no one in their class had a mind-reading quirk. He'd seen this movie before, so he knew when a particularly gory scene was coming up. Uraka looked moments away from fainting from fright, and he mindlessly grabbed a spare hoodie that he'd thrown over his bedpost and threw it over her head. She yelped in shock, but went quite quickly quiet when Kotsky pulled her against his chest, in the same position she'd been in the week prior. Keep your eyes covered, he murmured to her before blindly pressing his hand against her ear. She practically melted on top of him in silent relief. Clinging to his waist again, and only daring to peek out at the screen when Kotsky pulled back the hood over her head. If he kept his hand on her head between the scary scenes, well, she didn't say anything about it being a bother. And if he happened to run his fingers through her hair mindlessly to soothe her after the more upsetting scenes, well, that was just for them to know. She became a regular at movie nights joking and playing with them before and after the movie, and usually with a commentary that reduced them all to fits of wheezing laughter. On the bed with him had become her seat, and Kotsky couldn't bring himself to protest. Horror movies weren't a regular thing, but they were the feature frequently enough that she and Kotsky almost had a system down. She'd steal one of his hoodies to throw over her pajamas, and would spend the movie draped over him with her arms around his waist. When there were jump scares or excessive gore, he'd cover her face with the hood and block out the screams and wet sounds of stabbing with his hands. It worked out pretty well, all things considered. She didn't bust his hearing aids with her screaming anymore. There had been that awkward moment when there was a raunchy sex scene in one of the movies, and the combination of the lewd sounds and the warm, soft heat resting between his legs had nearly made the evening very uncomfortable for both parties, but Katsuki had managed to control himself even when Araraka had squirmed awkwardly against him. He deserved a fucking medal for that, honestly. As the weeks passed, he found himself allowing certain liberties in the two hours she spent curled up against him. More often than not, he found himself playing with her hair, twisting the soft curling strands around his fingers carefully and combing through them while he stared unseeingly at the screen, his arms ended up around her waist most nights as well, and the hour he had spent with his hand accidentally pressed against the bare skin of her waist after her top rode up was forever burnt into his mind. Uraka had started to get more comfortable as well. Sometimes she would throw her leg over his thigh to get more comfortable and she'd taken to tucking him down by the shirt to whisper commentary about the movie in his ear. She still spent most of the movie with her head covered and her ears smushed against his chest, but she didn't tremble anymore. Instead, she laid calm and lax against his chest, dangerous little hands twisted in the back of his shirt, and the steady rise and fall of her chest matching his own. It was addictive. Katsuki was pretty sure he'd kill a man just to spend an afternoon curled up with Uraraka like this. It had even started to bleed out into the rest of their lives. She'd always been the handsy type, but now she was getting all touchy with him, and he let her. A touch at the small of his back, a quick hug from behind, brushing his hair out of his eyes. She touched him so easily now, and he felt like a fucking junkie. One time he saw her coming back from her work study, wearing one of his hoodies she'd accidentally stolen, and he'd almost walked into a wall. Twice. Katsuki tried touching her back. He'd reach out to tug at her stubby ponytail, or pull her in by the soft curve of her hip, but he always pussied out before he could follow through. Why could he only touch her in the dark? It was fucking infuriating and embarrassing and he wanted to scream a little about it. It felt like some sort of pressure was building in his chest every time he looked at her now, more than before. Like any day now, Uraraka would just touch him, and he'd pop like a goddamn balloon. But then she'd actually touch him, and instead he would melt, and the feeling would go away, and he felt just calm, at peace. His friends teased him about being whipped, but honestly... If the reward was Uraraka's body pressed to his, he'd wear the title with fucking pride. It had been almost two months since she started to join them for movie night, when Uraraka finally managed to fall asleep mid-movie. He almost didn't notice. It was actually a favorite of his they were watching tonight, and he hadn't seen it in a while. But she nuzzled against his chest with a silent sigh, and his head had snapped down to find her peacefully sleeping through the massacre happening on screen. The pressure was back in his chest, full to the brim of something soft and warm that he did not want to identify. Someone more poetic than him would have something to say about a scaredy cat like Ururaka feeling safe enough in his arms to sleep during what was objectively a horrifying film. But Kotsky could only stare at her, in quiet awe of the trust she had in him. There was a dark curl of hair hanging dangerously close to her nose and he tucked it back behind her ear without thinking. Katsuki didn't dare to move further, afraid to wake her, but thankfully his phone was close enough that he could send Kirishima a text alerting him to the situation. If he was very lucky, he wouldn't make a big deal of it, and instead just tell the others to be quiet like he asked. Even in the dark, Katsuki could see Kirishima rise onto his knees from the floor to look at the two on the bed after he checked his phone. Even with only the TV backlighting him, his smile was wide enough that Katsuki was genuinely afraid his cheeks would crack. They made it to the end of the movie without Uraka doing much more than shifting in her sleep to get more comfortable, and Katsuki silently thanked whatever deity was watching for keeping his friends fucking quiet, even when the credits began to roll. They only turned the small bedside lamp on instead of the overhead lights, but any gratitude he might have felt vanished, when they all began to quietly coo and fawn over the sleeping girl in his arms. Gods, how are you two so cute? Ashido whispered excitedly, pulling out her phone despite Katsuki's warning snarl, and taking a few pictures while Jiro, Kamenari, and Sero all playfully swooned and fainted into each other's arms silently. Fucking delete those, Katsuki hissed just under his breath freezing when Uraraka shifted with a soft murmur before sinking into his embrace again. Ashido silently flapped her hands and looked about two seconds from exploding out of her skin in delight. Uraraka would murder me, no thank you, she whispered. This must be immortalized forever. Katsuki didn't get a chance to ask what exactly she meant by that before Kirishima began to herd them out of the room as quietly as possible. Just get her back to her room when she wakes up, he said quietly, grinning like an idiot. No rush. Kirishima, you rat bastard! The door closed behind them, and for the first time, Katsuki and Uraraka were alone. The room felt smaller somehow, more intimate. He almost didn't dare to breathe, lest it be enough to wake her. His head fell back against his pillow as he breathed slowly and tried not to fucking rupture something with the force of the screaming in his head. His eyes drifted down, and he was entranced by the way the dim light from the lamp lit up her warm skin and highlighted the golden streaks in her hair. He should wake her up. It was late, and they both had work and class tomorrow. Five minutes. He'd wake her up in five. Katsuki woke up on his side, face tucked against Uraraka's shoulder, and his hand pressed flush to the warm bare curve of her spine. Their legs had tangled together, and her hand was on the back of his neck. And were it not for the little half-glove she wore to cover her pinkies, Katsuki was sure his ass would be on the ceiling. The lamp had been turned off, and the sheets pulled over their legs. Katsuki stared at the sleeping girl wrapped up around him and felt the pressure in his chest burst. Shit. Kirishima was going to be intolerable after this. They didn't talk about it when they woke up and went their separate ways. It almost felt like there was nothing to say, despite the fact that Kotsky was like 80-ish percent sure the entire trajectory of his life had just shifted. He couldn't keep his eyes off of her anymore. Not in class, not in the moments their paths crossed during work-study, not in the dorms. She was still touchy, but now she lingered. Her fingertips trailed across his skin when they passed each other, and her eyes stayed on him longer. He could fucking feel it. Katsuki had been cooking one night, and she had latched onto his back and just stayed there. She pressed between his shoulder blades and talking to him about nothing while he chopped vegetables and struggled not to cut off his own fingers. Uraka had hugged him for five minutes straight, and in that moment she could have pointed at any of their classmates, and Katsuki would have committed a murder for her without any fucking hesitation. Another day, during combat training, she'd bounced up to him with a bright grin following a successful maneuver, and he'd reached out unthinkingly to wipe dirt from her brow bone with his thumb. Sure and steady, with no hesitation, in broad fucking daylight, her answering smile could have powered the whole prefecture for a year. He wanted to kiss her. Fuck everything, he wanted to kiss her so badly he ached with it. Movie night came, and it was some romantic comedy Kotsky could not give less of a shit about. Instead, he hyped himself up as all his friends joked, and Uraka made herself comfortable on the bed. She had her eyes on him for the okay to curl up against his chest, even without the excuse of the scary movie to protect them from too much teasing, but Kotsky didn't meet her eyes. Her shoulders had started to slump, and her eyes were almost dull with rejection when Kaminari finally turned off the fucking lights and Kotsky immediately pulled Uraraka up the bed. The smile that spread across her lips was stunning, and he hated himself a little for noticing, though her confusion when he settled her amongst the pillows was enough to chase that feeling away and make him grin at her. I'm terrified of bad rom-coms. He breathed in her ear like a secret as he swung one leg between hers so he could settle down in the cradle of her hips, "'and rest his head on her shoulder. "'He wrapped his arms under her back "'and wiggled until he was comfortable, "'and he immediately wanted to spend "'the rest of his life like this. "'He could feel Uraraka's heart beating fast under his ear, "'and it made him grin against her skin. "'It took a minute for her to react, "'which was long enough for him to worry "'he'd crossed a line or that he was too heavy for her, "'before her hands ran up his arms "'and across his shoulders, until she could lace her fingers together behind his neck and press them tighter to her chest. He felt the press of her lips to the top of his head, and he melted. Keep your eyes covered, Uraka whispered with a smile, and Katsuki snorted against her clavicle as he hugged her tighter. She pulled the hood of his hoodie over his head and shoved her hands inside, one coming to rest on the bare skin of his back between his shoulders, and the other tangled in his short hair. Katsuki could have died happy like that. When he woke up, Uraraka was the only one left in the room, and the soft expression on her face made him feel choked up and lightheaded in the best possible way. Damn, he hadn't even known he was tired. The last thing he remembered was soaking in the way Uraraka's laugh moved in her chest under his ear. Please tell me Ashido got pictures, he said. Rough voice was sleep and Uraka smiled. About a million, don't worry, she whispered, and Kotsky hummed. He took stock of his body and wasn't remotely surprised to find his hands shoved under her shirt again. Her skin was addictive. If you were aiming to make a statement, I think you succeeded. His eyes moved up to her, though the rest of him stayed still. Their legs were tangled together again. Do you now? Katsuki asked softly, and Uraka's blush deepened tellingly, even with nothing but his small bedside lamp providing light. Her fingers pushed his hair back from his eyes, and he leaned into her touch. Do you want me to stay? she asked breathlessly. Katsuki untangled their legs just enough that he could rise up over her and press their foreheads together. Her eyes were so deep and rich this close, and he wanted to stay lost in them forever. His hands came up to carefully cradle her jaw, and she sighed softly, smiling. Angel, if you try to leave, I will riot, he said softly, and her laughter tasted like nothing he'd ever known before. Katsuki knew that even if she did leave, he'd just follow her wherever she went. Being a hero was scary sometimes, after all, and she needed someone to cover her ears and hold her close just like he needed someone to hold him for five minutes straight. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this reading, please use the AO3 link in the description to give the author a well-deserved kudos and comment. Also, don't hesitate to message us on Twitter with your requests for fix to be Read.